Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. Louis, you went to Disneyland uh, two weekends ago, and you thought it was really crowded. Yeah, I mean, I went like a month ago, and I went like two weeks ago, and it's getting real crowded there. Was it, it was a weekend, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I went there a few years ago during Christmas, and it was the worst day I've ever experienced. Oh, I bet. But I feel like normal times at the park are now getting to that level. Yep. I mean, it it wasn't always that they had you exit out the side things on Main Street, mm-hmm. but now they always do. Mm-hmm. It really has to do with the fact that they insist on still having the same amount of parades and fireworks and shows that disrupt the crowds, despite there being more people. And I think they need to probably adjust that. Well, if you go on days when there are fireworks versus days when there aren't fireworks, you can see that actually the fireworks are what draw the crowds. I bet. Uh, bet. On those those days when they don't have those shows, like the population's cut like by a third to a half. Mm. Sure. Uh, Which is, is great, actually. Uh, in terms of the the guest experience. And it's interesting because, I mean, it didn't used to be this crowded. Like, it's getting more and more popular somehow. And it's not just Disneyland Park. Though Disneyland Park is a lot worse than California Adventure, California Adventure is also seeing that population increase. So is Florida. Um, I've seen lots of of complaints and reports of people uh, on times that are normally not crowded, when the Magic Kingdom especially has become very crowded. One reason this is happening is because I think there are just more people going. The other thing, though, I mean, one one thing, and I don't know if this is minor or significant, but because of things like Fast Pass, people aren't standing in lines as much. Yeah, the, 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 they're actually milling around more. The parks more don't the time. don't eat people like they used so to. So I don't I don't know if that's so much true. I mean, I, maybe a small percentage, but. I still think the lines are as long as, like, the standby lines are as long as they used to be. Well, you take, uh, if you look at India as an example, you know, before Fastpass, that whole queue was full all the way out to the Adventureland. It, it was. You know? It was. And now, it was, and now it's though. like, it's, you know, the queue only starts way deep into the ride. And, and that's not true. Yeah. It's like seeping out into, like, that, like, the switchbacks in front of the temple. Really? Yeah. And that's all standby? Yeah, the, it's like 90 the minutes. The last few times I've been there that hasn't been the case at all. It's been like it, yeah. was, it was totally weird like you you queued up to the up to the uh, the entrance, you know, outside right. you'd queue and right. then as soon as you got to the door, you're uh, you just ran right all the almost all the way to the end. Adventureland is crowded as it is cuz it's very <laughs> it's very tiny. small. Yeah. The Jungle Cruise line, I've never ever been in a line longer than that for Jungle Cruise. Yeah. I've been up on the second level of that line before. But I've never done so many switchbacks. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a serious problem, I think, because, I mean, for people who know the park pretty well, like we do and most of our listeners do, like we can sort of navigate the park and still get around and ride on things that have some shorter lines, etc. But for your average guests, like they don't know. And so they just ride on whatever they want to ride on and they experience multiple, you know, 60 minute plus waits. And they're confused and they have a a, a a worse time because of this. Disneyland has become not a one-day park anymore. Yeah. It is a two-day park. I think that's probably been true for a while. Uh, there's just there's a ton of stuff to do there. I'm not saying that to do everything. But I'm right. saying, like, if you want to do all the e-tickets, I don't think you could do it in a day. Mm. I don't think it's possible to do Haunted Mansion, Pirates, 
Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones, Star Tours, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, yeah, that's pretty Matterhorn. Tough. That's yeah, really, really I think really you're right, hard. especially yeah. for the average family when, you know, they have to take 85,000 bathroom breaks uh-huh. and snack breaks. They don't get there before rope drop. It's not, it's just not yeah. possible. Yeah, I agree. I've mentioned it before that there's a lot of people that go in the parks and they're trying to get the most out of it. And a lot of families refuse to, like, you know, t- force their kid to go take a nap uh-huh. midday. And they should. Oh, they absolutely should. But, but they don't. But the issue is then it creates more frustration. Yep. And I just think that general happiness level at the park is going down. When they say Disneyland is, you know, getting happier when you arrive, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's certainly getting more difficult. I've definitely seen a lot of death mar- dad death marches at night. I keep thinking that a huge percent of the population of these parks lately has been locals. Oh, yeah. But hasn't that been Disney Disneyland's thing for a long time? It's mostly it's a locals park. But now so many people are visiting, mm-hmm. and there's that mm-hmm. huge popu- population of locals. Because before it was Disneyland, you know, and then then Disney's California Adventure came in, and then more hotels, and you know, it's like, and now it's becoming a small version of Walt Disney World. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that I think has changed substantially is the number of annual pass holders. Mm-hmm. I, I think that has gone from zero to a billion. I mean, it's just it's just. A lot of people are annual pass holders yeah. now, and that was not the case uh, 20 years ago, 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, you're well, absolutely right. One-seventh of the world population has <laughs> annual pass. And I would, I would yeah. guess that one of the reasons why is because when, you, when it was still the ticketing system, you could go to Disneyland to hang out pretty inexpensively. And now you go to Disneyland to hang out, and it's going to cost you $90, so you might, as just, you might as well just buy an annual pass and use the shit out of it. Right, and that's Precisely. probably what they do. So there's there's two issues here, I think. One of them is that annual passes are really cheap. They're extremely the cheap. The ones that are the premier passes, like the one I have, which has no blockout dates, is like $700. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fine price for an annual pass for that part. That feels like a good price in general to me for annual pass, because that's, what, seven times? Right. You know, if you live if you live in Southern California and you like this, you're going to go more than seven times. Right. I, I would go more than seven times. I'm sure right. of it. But if you're a Southern California resident, you don't have to get that one. You can get a cheaper one. It's like two eighty, right? It's like three hundred dollars. It's like three times the Disneyland. And <laughs> you, I mean, the, the, the difference is that you have half, more than half of the days of the year are blocked out. I still think that's worth. I mean, that's like that's almost worth it. You know? Oh, it's totally worth it. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a problem. So it's it's way cheap. But also, I think part of the issue is they introduced monthly like payments, oh. and so it used to be that you have yeah. to, had to go. Here's five hundred dollars for my annual pass, but now it's like here's twenty dollars a month. Yeah, and it's like that's a lot easier for kids. Oh yeah, and so everyone's getting annual passes now because they're so much cheaper and so much more affordable on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with it is. Not that there are so many people interested, of course. I'd love for everyone to love Disneyland. Yeah. But the issue is that since it's so cheap for Southern California residents, they are going only for a little while. They're clogging up the lines, Mm -hmm. and they are giving Disney 
zero extra dollars. They're not staying for dinner. They're not going for lunch. They're hardly buying any stacks, maybe a churro, maybe a Dole Whip. They're certainly not buying any merchandise. They're going there to only ride the things. They're also not paying for hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. Me as an annual pass holder that spends $800 a year for that privilege, I also am paying for hotel rooms. And I'm getting like two meals a day Mm -hmm. and like probably three snacks a day. And I'm buying merchandise every time. They're getting a lot of money out of me. Uh, I want to do a little sidetrack here for one second. And, and um, now uh, tickets are not coming back, I don't think. But yeah, I, I want not. to talk for a minute about how amazing that system could be and kind of the good things that it actually did when it did exist. Yeah. I mean, one thing is people could go to – it used to be that the admission price to Disneyland was very cheap. You get in the park for a very low cost, but then you would buy tickets to ride the rides, yep. and that's where the most of the revenue would come from. And in that scenario, you had people going to Disneyland to, like, you know, go dancing, for example. Like, they would have, like, a, you know, at, at Carnation Gardens or whatever it was called, the band shell there, they would yeah. have dancing there on, on, on Saturday nights. And you'd go there, and it only cost two bucks to get in, and you just go dancing. Mm-hmm. Or even just go to the thing dinner. is, those, yeah. yeah. And those people were not riding rides, though. That mean, or they'd ride very few, and if they did, they would be paying for them. Right. In that scenario, like the lines aren't getting longer because of those people. Right. The park's a little more crowded, but the lines for the rides are not getting longer. Right. right. The cool thing about tickets is that the rides at that point, they weren't cost centers. They were revenue generators. Mm-hmm. So you knew exactly how every ride or attraction was contributing to the bottom line. Yeah. And so one of the issues is like, for example, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was a great attraction at Disney World that existed for a long time until probably 1989 or so, I think. Did Disney World always have the the coupons too? Uh, they had they had tickets until the uh, okay. mid 80s, yeah. late 80s, okay. I think. Okay. Um, that's when the passport the passports started happening. I think about that time, yeah. and that was the all you know the, the one price for everything. And the problem is in a one price for everything world. 20,000 leagues goes from being this big moneymaker to being this big pain in the ass. <laughs> because yeah. all it is is this ride that takes a ton of maintenance. It isn't clear how it contributes to anything. It just costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. before you could say, well, yeah, it costs a lot to operate, but look how much we're making off the tickets. Yeah. Right. And so rides like that could, could thrive in a ticket world. Now, once you went away from tickets, all of a sudden, like, it didn't make sense anymore, and so it ended up going away. Yeah. The other thing that happens is that B, C, and D rides become less interesting in, the, in this sort of all-for-one, mm-hmm. uh, one-price world. Because it used to be like you buy a ticket book and you had, you know, three E's, three D's, three C's, three, C's, three B's, whatever. Yeah. And get, you would want to use gotta them Got to get all. your money's worth. Yeah, that's yep. right. You'd use yep. them all. You'd spend you, you'd spend your three E's and then you go on ride the other stuff. Yeah. Well, now, since you pay the same thing for everything, yeah. which is basically essentially free for everything that once you once you're in. Yeah. You are. Why yep. would you write anything but an E? Yep. You know, as an aside, this is this is what's happening with FastPass Plus is that because FastPass Plus is tiered and you can only get fast passes for certain e-ticket attractions now, they uh, all the 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 C and D ticket stuff that which used to have no line now has lines because they use their third fast pass on they have to use their third pass fast pass on something that's not an e-ticket attraction okay so you know things like spaceship earth is a really good example spaceship earth, you know traditionally had never never had a line really 
And now right. there is a line. It just, it's distorted things quite a bit yeah. from what it, the way it used to be. Also, there was a nice sort of expectation that the ticket set up, whereas like when you spent a C ticket on something, you kind of knew you were getting a C ticket experience. Uh-huh. You didn't think you were getting an E. And a lot of times people get on rides now and they and they sort of are expecting an E level experience everywhere. Yeah. Because they don't they don't know. Right. right? I mean, yeah. everything they can't tell what's good and what's not. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas the tickets are a telegraph where you should be spending your time, what mm-hmm. you should be expecting when you get on the thing. Yeah. The other thing I really like is it is for a casual guest, because the tickets don't expire, they could go and they could, you know, enjoy a couple rides one night and they could come back a month later with the same book they bought before and continue to use it. You know, that's right. So, there wasn't the pressure that you had to do it all. Right. You, you could just come back and do it because the admission price was low uh-huh. and you already bought the tickets. Yep. Yep. I, I love that. I, I, I would I would love it if that came back. And because, like you said, like there are so many things that are neglected because people don't don't want to spend time on them when they should. Now that's interesting. I I of course know that tickets won't come back. Even though I believe everything you said, Greg, is why those were such a great idea and could work today if they had the balls to do it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. I'm wondering is, did you guys ever get these weird bonus fast passes? Yeah, I got one of those once. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, I just it just spat out, spat out a bonus fast pass when I was getting another fast pass. Right. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Right. They should do that more. Yeah. If they did that and they said bonus fast pass, go to the tiki room. Yep. Then it's just like go to okay. the go to the storybook canal boats. Well, yeah. Well, storybook canal boats have a line all the time anyway. But yes, yeah, that's true. I get your point. <laughs> yes. But like you know, but basically, if you direct people like, hey. While you're waiting an hour and a half for this Indiana Jones fast pass to, you know, be valid, why don't you go do this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would be awesome to try to drive people to go do those things. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they're gonna go, all right, well, let's just go wait for Big Thunder while we're waiting on our Space Mountain fast passes. Yeah. That's why like uh Mike Fink keelboats, they used to be a thing in mm-hmm. Frontierland. Right. Right. It was a fun ride to go around <laughs> that. That doesn't have any place in the universe anymore because who needs who needs that ride when you have a million other things to you know e tickets to ride? I need it. <laughs> that was a really good mid level attraction that I always really loved. Yeah, like the canoes. Yeah, yeah. The canoes still exist, fortunately. Yeah. But... Oh, can I talk about those for a second? Sure. Yeah. The canoes are wonderful. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, I had just done that for the first time. They were delightful. It was very weird to understand where I was supposed to go because <laughs> the line for that is like down the stairs on the side of Critter Country. It's very strange and, yeah. weird and odd. But, you know, once we got there, there was a line and we had to wait a little while, but not too long. Um, but was immensely entertaining, actually physically exhausting. <laughs> and uh, you get a good exercise. I felt like that gave me so much value going to Disneyland. And I wish more people did it yeah. because it's something that's really special. It feels a little more organic. It feels like more of an adventure, mm-hmm. I think, than most things. It is interesting that somehow it feels like you're a little bit in control. Yeah. You might get yeah. wet and whatever. You're not going to fall out of the boat. It's not going to happen, but it could. And, you know, the the sense of that is really cool. And. Maybe in a different way than Jungle Cruise, you know, it was really fun listening to the cast member kind of coach us or make fun of us for doing poorly or whatever. He's like, ah, well, we're, you know, just getting started and it looks like this will take about 45 minutes based on your current paddling. And we're like, oh. (laughs) And, you know, he's, you know, constantly making fun of us and, you know, looking over at Tom Sawyer Island, he did a really, really funny thing, which I really enjoyed, which is that he's like, 
hey guys, want to see the power of the badge? And points to his name tag. And then he looks over to this guy that's on like the barrel bridge. And he goes, hey, you on the bridge, stop. And that guy just stopped dead in his tracks. Deer in headlights was so confused. <laughs> that's great. Did not know what was going on. And I'm just like, oh, that's so great. And something that wouldn't happen if you were anywhere else in the park. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful and delightful. And more people should experience it because it seems like not many people do that they have to try to coach people to come over there. Yeah, totally. Right. right. They do. And that makes sense for the, the characters to be sort of like rough and tumble older brothers. Sure. You know, <laughs> kind of teasing yeah. you. And yeah, that's fun. I like it. Alex, when you were talking about FastPass Plus a minute ago, um, that got me interested because I wonder if you could sort of affect a kind of de facto ticket system with that. And by that, I mean, what if when you're picking, you're planning your day through FastPass Plus or however that, whatever the terminology is, uh-huh. you have like a column where it's like, pick three from this e-ticket column, pick five from this C-ticket column, and six from this B, you know, B-ticket column. In other words, you sort of dole out more fast passes for the, you know, the, the quote-unquote cheaper attractions. Yeah, that's and a you kind great of idea. It that way. I think that's a great idea, too. Yeah, there's, you know, what, what you described is kind of a... a a mechanism that's used in the um oh okay little plug thing for a weird cool game that i love is hearthstone by blizzard oh really, yeah really good yeah uh, they have when you play in the arena they they you have to construct a deck from scratch right at that moment and they do exactly what you described greg they they say all right now choose between one of these three cards and they're of equal value and so you try to like choose that and then it's like okay now choose between these three and these are like legendary super cool cards and then you get to choose only one of those. Uh-huh. And they keep they keep showing you like three different cards every time and you only get to choose one every time. So I feel like, you know, if you use this app or interface or website or whatever and it was like, "Hey, choose one of these three." Okay, cool. Now choose one of these three. They could effectively plan everyone's day in a way that made everything even evenly distributed yeah, throughout the parks. Yeah. I hope they I hope they go in that direction. You can do a lot of clever stuff using apps and using the FastPass Plus planning and so on to direct people to the right places so uh, people don't wait. They experience things that are really fun that they don't go to otherwise. And I haven't really seen that happen yet, but that's kind of my dream for this all this new technology they're putting in. Yep. Yep, that's that's what I want too, because you know, FastPass Plus as it stands right now, not that interesting to me because I don't know sixty days before I go to do something what I'm gonna want to do that day. But if it's a little bit more roulette-y and it's a little bit sort of it helps you plan your day out in an efficient way instead of just like, oh man, I can't get that. It's all gone, you know? Because that's happening now. It's like it's like all the good fast passes are gone sixty days out. So the thirty day people are screwed. You know, and it's like Right now, yeah, it seems like a system by which your day has gotten worse through the system. Yes. Instead of a, a mechanism by which your day is getting getting better. Yes. Like what what are you getting for this? It feels like Disney is like holding you back instead of like giving you right. something. And there's a lot of stuff on the periphery of the the Magic Band stuff that's great. You know, all the the the, the weird invisible technology stuff. That's good stuff. Like the like the ride photos, for instance, like automatically uploading your ride photos based on your vehicle position when you have your magic band on. That's awesome. You know, that's like right. that's something that that I totally would use because I I always forget to get those and I never get them in the moment. But like a couple days later when I'm at home and I'm remembering my fun trip I had, you know, I might be more inclined to to buy those ride photos. But this weird sort of like overuse of scheduling that nobody asked for and i don't think anybody actually wants i'm super okay with it for what it's worth i'm at the point 
where going to Disneyland, man, I'm okay doing anything. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't really need to do anything specifically anymore. Yep. And right. I hear you. I and I'm not saying that this is necessarily true for everyone, but it could be true for everyone that if Disney basically said that you would never have to wait in a line again, but you have to go to certain attractions at certain times, I would so do that. Right. There is no reason that that couldn't happen. It they just means that they have to funnel people around evenly. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. They could tell me anything. I would, I would go ride literally any attraction. I would go see any show, and I would be the happiest person in the world if I never had to wait in a line again. And they yeah. can totally do it. That would make for a really fun experimental day at Disneyland, actually. If they sort of had a set amount of people and they were like they they you know used the the you know magical experience app to say okay what kinds of things do you like and then immediately it tailors a day for you and it prompts you to go here and there depending on what what you know what its algorithm spits out and they do it for everybody and it's just like after you finish big thunder you're like okay what am i going to do now i'm going to do the storybook canal boats great and then you go over there and it's just and it just sort of guides you around the park everyone wants to get the most uh, out of their day considering the money that they spent a lot of people i see this every time are walking around with those unofficial guide to disneyland day things that get them to do everything and it's like disney could actually do it without people using those guides and being frustrated mm-hmm. so here's the here's the paradox of disneyland for me and i think i actually think it works this way for most people even though they don't acknowledge it the days when i go and ride the canoes and go uh, riding the Mark Twain and take the train are more fun for me than the days when I wait in line for Space Mountain yeah. and Big Thunder Mountain. Totally and so agree. On. Like the BC attractions are ultimately more fun, I think, than the E tickets. Yep. All my yeah. best times have been there. And you know, I took Parker for the first time earlier this year. My, my daughter's Parker's four. And I asked her, I was like, hey, Parker, what was your favorite thing at Disneyland? And she's like, the treehouse. And yeah. I was like, that's awesome, you know? There is an inherent sense of adventure there that you don't get in the other I agree. And I think to some extent, I feel similarly about Autopia. Because <laughs> even even though Autopia, don't get me wrong, since I know that Autopia has a line and sometimes it can be dumb, it's often under 20 minutes. Yeah. And it is, it's one that you control. Totally. That's just what I was going to say. It's a trolley ride. But it's not one that you totally control. You can't go off the track. Yeah. But but and you can't you can't troll so bad that you stop the whole ride because they'll yell at you. Right. 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 But you can slow it way down. Right. Yes. You can take (laughs) as long as you want. Every single time I ride that thing, there are the people that are just like they're going through the whole thing. I'm like, man, it is not a race. Yeah. You gotta. There is nothing. You gotta take your time on this country road. And I'm just like, oh, I'm having such a (laughs) wonderful time when I'm just driving slowly and really just soaking it all in and really just enjoy driving around and listening to everything yeah it's so great and we went to tom sawyer island this last trip you know we went on the raft and we went around there and it was so cute because it since it was halloween everyone was dressed up and i mean like everyone like every kid so many adults it was really fun isn't that fun yeah yeah and it's like this little kid was dressed up as peter pan he was so adorable and he gets he was on the raft over there and you know, he and his dad were going over to Tom Sawyer Island, and I was like, man, this is the best. Yeah. This kid... It's about to have his like, mind blown. This kid <laughs> is the kid that, like, runs around all over the place and would get lost in Disneyland. Totally. But, like, his dad was like, yeah, he really wanted to run around. So I brought him over here. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a good dad. Yep. 
You know what's up. You say, you say, have fun, kid. Meet me, meet me back at the mill in 10 minutes. No, but he didn't. That was the best part. (laughs) The kid's like, he's like running around and his dad's trying to catch up. It was hilarious. I love it. And he was like running around and through all the caves and, and we ran into them like a dozen times because that island is relatively small. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's big, but like, you're going to run into the same people. Sure. And, uh, you know, we run into him a dozen times and it was really fun and super cute. And, Every time he was super adorable and was like, I'm going to follow you. It's like, oh, that's, oh, this is the best. My favorite uh, Atopia troll technique, and you all can take this and use it if you want to because it's great, is to feign car trouble. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so much fun to to pretend your car doesn't work on Autopia. Do you, do you throw your hands up in the yeah, air? Of course, kind of yeah. Feet, I don't know yeah. what's wrong. I just, my car doesn't work. What are you, could you? Are you a mechanic? Can you come over here and help me fix this? I don't know what's wrong. And with right it. when the cast member comes up, you like gun it. <laughs> <laughs> yep.